Welcome to the Conduit Deeper Podcast, a podcast that takes a deep dive into the details that surround our current sermon series. From current events to fascinating finds to conversations that take us deeper into the Word. Thanks for joining us. Hey friends, welcome to our Deeper Podcast. My name is Mo, Executive Pastor at Conduit Church, joined with our lead pastor, Darren Tyler, and our good friend and Bible teacher, Donna Van Leer. Welcome, friends. Hi, Mo. Good to see you. Hi, Mo. Donna, it's good to have you back with us again. Thank you, Darren. Yeah, another week. Right? Which is weird to think that it actually has been a week since we last recorded one of these. Yeah, but we did get a bonus That's podcast true. in last uh, end of last week uh, with your interview with Fouad. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, Fouad Masri. It was incredible. And the timing was crazy considering that uh, we were able to interview him uh, right after the Beirut blast um, and kind of get his take on kind of everything that's happening there in Lebanon. Yeah, it was um, weird because he was literally on his way over when we got word of that blast. And since then, the entire Lebanon government has resigned. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw that. Which is but crazy. Did the president? I had the prime Isn't minister, but still, I don't know about the president. Yeah, I think he was still entrenched from yeah, what I, I read this morning anyway. Yeah, he might be... Um, and it's definitely something to keep our eye on because um, w- Iran has clearly got their eyes on what's going on over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a Shia country, Shia government. Iran would love nothing more than to have an audience with uh, and, and power right in the backyard of uh, of Israel. So we need to keep mm-hmm. them in our prayers. And um, Iran has been funneling money to Hezbollah for, what, since 79 years I don't know. Yeah, like they they have treated Hezbollah like they're, like we call it outsourcing here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's sort of their outsourcing to uh, to Lebanon, getting a lot of what they want to done in that area. So, for sure, keep your um, yourselves uh, praying for what's happening in Lebanon. Because the other thing that is happening that is not known a lot is that man Jesus is on the move in Lebanon. Mm-hmm. It is the only Islamic country that allows conversion from Muslim to Christianity and so it actually has opened up some big windows of ministry opportunity there so keep that in your uh, in your prayers and as we bring it back home again to where we are um, this week has been another week mm-hmm. <laughs> of following Jesus uh, in a, a global pandemic policy uh, conundrum that we're in and I was actually realizing today that it was March 11th. I don't know, do you guys remember March 11th? Sure. Man, yes. It's, it's interesting because, you know, whether it's like September 11th, you remember where you were when that happened, or maybe some of those farther back, you remember where you were when the moon landed, the moon landing. Um, I actually, I do remember that day, like March 11th, and when it all kind of came crashing down. Yeah, I do. Um, because it was a realization, okay, this, uh, this is going to be bigger than we thought. And at that point, by the way, nobody knew. So at that point, there was a lot of fear. Yeah, a lot of questions. Um, because they were predicting 5 to 7%. They're, they're, they're predicting like uh, 1918 death levels. It was a fairly... Mm-hmm. Ominous. Yeah, like even the look on the faces of like the politicians, they were like, okay, these guys know something we don't know. And what we would later learn is that they knew that uh, they were giving some math predictions from some folks in, uh, in Imperial College that turned out to be unbelievably wrong. Um, so a lot of what they were afraid of turned out to be uh, proven false later. But here we are now, five months later, and I bring this up because there still is a virus out there. And uh, especially if you're elderly, if you're vulnerable, it has... Uh, it has really uh, att- you know, attacked and, and done a lot of damage in people's hearts. But it's five months. That's been five months. That was the NBA canceled on that day. That was the president. That was us going, uh, what are we going to do on Sunday? <laughs> like, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. And, of course, that back then it was two weeks to flatten the curve. And then it feels like this whole thing has been death by a thousand two weeks. Like everything's two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. But I was praying um, even the last week, Donna and Mo, and thinking... 
five months from now is going to be would be January twenty first. We're going to have a new president or a same something's going to have happened. There will have been an election. There's going to be an inauguration within a few weeks of that. Yeah, it's wild to think about, right? And there doesn't seem to be any indication that this is uh, going to be over. But whatever this is, and I'm not even sure what to call this anymore. But it doesn't seem like it's going to be over. And so, what I felt like the Lord was telling uh, me and leaning on me personally was, "So, Darren, you better start taking care of yourself." You know, it's like uh, the, the shipwreck when Paul. Um, was on the ship and there was uncertainty and eventually he just says hey everybody sit down let's have a meal you know there was this idea of you kind of need to take care of yourself because this is not going to get easier anytime Mm -hmm. sooner so sit down have a bowl of soup take care of your soul and I guess you know Mo I would ask you first like what are you doing right now for your soul you know, we're yeah. where we are right now as, as Bible teachers, as pastors, as like we're we have to take care of ourselves and our families. Um, this idea that it'll be over in two weeks and we can get, quote, get back to normal mm-hmm. that's I've, I'm kind of done with that. I feel like okay, that's not <laughs> happening, yeah. Like, what are you doing, Mo, like with you and your family? Well, I mean, well, a lot of a lot of different things, a lot of new things. Um, for me personally, it's been uh, more of a, a very strategic specific focus to be in the word but more specifically in the psalms Hmm. like finding finding encouragement in the psalms and honestly the whole range of emotions can be found in the psalms whether it's lament or praise or excitement like the whole range of emotions can be found in the psalms and so um as every day that passes it's either it feels like a good day or a bad day i feel like there's a psalm that can resonate with my heart Hmm. in one of those um Another thing is, I honestly, I've changed my my playlist of the things I'm listening to. Um, I like I like the rock and roll, um, <laughs> but but over the past several weeks and months, I've I've just been as I'm working and, and as I'm whatever I'm doing, I'm just been listening to a lot of praise and worship. And honestly, there's a lot of really good praise and worship out right now. Yeah. Um, some really great albums. And whether I'm listening to it or not, even if it's playing in the background, I feel like it's feeding my soul. Just because a lot of those songs are based off of the truth and off of scripture. And those things are just speaking life into me. And even if even if I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not rocking out per se, um, those things are still feeding feeding me in a, in a positive way, in a good way, in a, in a way that's just the truth. And another thing that I've done, my wife and I, we've spent a ton of time together, like gardening <laughs> and yard work. Uh, I have just found that spending time in my yard uh, beating back nature uh, is like the one thing that I can have control on in this life right now. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like just pulling weeds and um, landscaping and mowing the yard, like all those things have just kind of been a refuge for me. And and in some ways it's symbolic to even um, reminding me of the work I have to do in my own heart, like the pulling the weeds and maintaining the garden and just making sure that I'm staying focused and that those things that those seeds that have been planted have room to grow, whatever those things are that the Lord's teaching me, um, that the fruit of that has room to do what it needs to do. Yeah. That's funny. Of all the, I've known you, I've known you a long time. I would like gardening was not something that I didn't see that coming. You know, uh, a COVID world will do some weird things to you, man. And so here, here I am now, uh, moving into gardener, uh, (laughs) mode, but, uh, but no, honestly, I've enjoyed it. I really, really do enjoy it. And it's, it's helped me keep my sanity. I mean, as we've been sitting here, even just now, I just got, uh, a text from a buddy in the tweets that have followed that Big Ten, um, the Big Ten has canceled fall sports mm. across the mm. board, which includes my Buckeyes in the football season. So, you know, taking that away, I have no idea how I'm going to cope other than you know, <laughs> go out and, and mow my lawn again. <laughs> Yeah, or you can mow my lawn mow if you need I, to. At this point, honestly, cope. I would gladly yeah, come do that for you. Donna, tell me, like with you, so you're, from a maternal perspective, you've got older teenagers, you've got a self-employed husband, mm-hmm. and you yourself are an author, 
a voice that people listen to. Um, if you don't know this, Donna is like uh, an accomplished author in her own right. She is a, a guest on several other uh, podcasts and interviews and has a voice in our community. But how, how are you doing right now? Like, where are you landing as far as with your spirit? Yeah, soul? you know, we have done really well. We kind of made it a policy early on to kind of keep the news off or at a minimum, mm-hmm. because when you do have kids, you, you're you're never quite sure what they're taking in, what they're absorbing. Yeah. So we have pretty much kept that off, and of and of course, um, everyone on the news is in agreement about everything. Um, so there's no stress there <laughs> right. listening to them. Just have anybody talk about masks and see what you come up with. So that's kind of been um, an. A policy that was adopted early on. So we've just done that and just try to pray. You know, I've got the, the prayer group at church, and it's always awesome to get with them and to just stay focused that way. And, you know, the um, your, your teaching on Jesus and the John in the throne room yeah. has just been uh, transformative. Although I've read Revelation many times, but to know he, he's there. He is in the throne room today. He is in control. He is controlling all of this. And just to imagine him there and to picture, which I can't even picture. I can't even picture the throne room. I know that John tried his best to write about it, but I still can't quite wrap wrap my head around it. But we just need to to keep our hearts there with him. Yeah, I guess that's what what I felt like the Lord was um, maybe prompting on me was, uh, instead of uh, like hiding out shelter in place until this is over, uh, which is sort of the language they used in the very early uh, parts, of, like shelter in place, like mm-hmm. this was a tornado or something, and then it, we would come, the tornado would be over. Um, and in fact, research that I, I had forgotten all about this, but there was research done back in 2013. It was the 10 year anniversary of the SARS mm. outbreak in Hong Kong. And so 10 years on, they were uh, v- doing research on the, the consequences. And, and there was some physical, but what they found for the most part was a large portion of the population still suffering from PTSD, from depression, from anxiety, from, uh, because it was, a, it, was, it, it was killing a lot of people. It was killing children. It was, it was uh, killing all ages. It wasn't just a specific thing. And and what they were suggesting was that this was an enemy that was different. If you have like a hurricane, uh, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end to it. You know, we had a tornado here in Nashville back in early March. There was an end to it. There was a moment where, you know, Dorothy mm-hmm. opens up the cellar and comes out. And, right. You know, um, this one, not only is there not that, there's like, we don't even know where it is. So we don't know, like, we don't know where we're safe. We don't know when we're safe. That's sort of this overhanging thing. And so there's... Uh, a moment in time right now for the people of God, if you are listening to this, to take care of your heart proactively, prayer, worship. Mo's right, man. There's there's a lot of great music out there, but there's not a lot of what that can speak to your soul in the, in, in the way that David, I think it's Psalm 34, when he says, why are you so downcast, O my soul? Put mm-hmm. your hope in the Lord. Um, this has got to be a proactive attempt on our part to protect our hearts. Mm. And what's and, interesting about that psalm that you just quoted is that he is talking to his own soul. Yes. He's he's pulling himself up and saying, why are you like this? Yes. Look to the Lord. And if there is a moment in time for us, and you know the, the beauty of this for us is our culture. If you're, again, people get tired of me talking about developing nations, but Lord, I mean, it's where I spent like so much of my time and it's, mm-hmm. I think God keeps sending me there because I would be insufferable if I spent all my time in the United States. It just completely humbles me. You know, everything that I normally would do, that do all my tricks of being smart or witty or funny, none of it works there. Uh, they, they don't find me funny. They, none of my humor survives the language barrier of Haitians. Haitians like, I don't even know what that means. Uh, but they have taught me how to put my hope in the Lord. Uh, because if you don't have anything else to put your hope in, it turns out it's a whole lot easier to put your hope in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that what God has done in my life is I put my hope in information. I put my hope in facts. Uh, 
and facts and truth are uh, not necessarily the same thing. Uh, because there are a lot of facts, but the truth then is the synthesization of the facts. Mm-hmm. And what I'm learning in from the scientific community is that they can all look at the same set of facts and have completely different opinions about what those facts mean. Uh, in the early days, I spent a lot of energy on it because as leaders, as pastors, we had to make some decisions based on facts. That's what we were looking for, not based on fear, not based on anxiety or panic, but like what are the facts, you know? And one of the things for us, we found out, hey, coming out of Europe, and by the way, still happening, you're going to hear this all over the news. There are going to be kids diagnosed with COVID. That's going to start. They're going to start blasting it with us. Mm -hmm. Okay. But look, we're not the first society that's had this. Back in Europe, they went back to school in April and May. And so did kids get it? Yes. Did kids die from it? No. They literally had a more likely opportunity to die in a backyard swimming pool than they would from this. And so we're we're looking at the facts of the Mm -hmm. information. That was important for us to say, are these children safe? You know, people say it's not the flu. It's not the flu. Thank God it's not the flu. The flu kills children. Mm -hmm. But at some point I had to say, okay, do I have enough information now? (laughs) Like, Mm is it, am I there? Because at some point then the the frustration I'm getting is self-inflicted. Uh, because all I'm looking is at you know competing arguments, competing this, and at some point I got to say, okay, look, we have enough information now to make a decision to keep our, fa- our, our 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 church people safe and without as little risk as possible. There's never no such thing as risk, but as little risk as possible. And I've had to go back to then the truth, and Jesus is the truth, the way, the life. Mm-hmm. And you're right, getting into the throne room this past few weeks for me has just been a gift for myself, hopefully for my family, for our church, to remember that uh, the fact above all facts, the truth above all truth, is that he is on the throne. He is not hiding behind it. And I think that for us as Christians right now, we have to work on that. We have to be proactive in what we're listening to and what we're putting into us and not self-inflicting wounds into our soul by just you know, spinning ourselves up on social media, whatever, but get back to the truth of God's word. And like Mo said, the Psalms are just beautiful for that. Uh, th- this book of Revelation has been beautiful, the unveiling of that. And of course, prayer. Uh, I was so comforted to know that even in our prayers right now, that he hears them. There's so much in all of that. And, and we find ourselves now in Revelation 5 uh, for our podcast purposes. <sighs> And we are in heaven, but mm-hmm. we didn't like, we don't want to skip the part of how we got to, to heaven, right? Like in the very chapter. So chapter four and five literally follows chapter three. Like they're just, it's sort of this contiguous, contiguous. Is that a word? Contiguous. Contiguous thought. I have a feeling somebody's going to email me that that's not a word. <laughs> continuous. This continuous thought that started in chapters two and three in this church. Uh, and of course, the church is going to be here four and five. The church is not going to be seen again in this book until the end. Mm-hmm. But they didn't just get here in chapter five, like chapter four, verse one. Like, there's a trumpet sound, voice like a trumpet. Yeah, yeah. And and Donna, when you read that, like, what what does that even mean? Like trumpet like why is that language there yeah i i actually i wrote briefly about it in the time of jacob's trouble because i i find them fascinating the significance of the trumpet because the trumpet it it would be blown nobody knew when it was going to be blown the trumpet and it would signal it would signal to them something is happening they're going to break camp it's t- it's time to move on. In We're the Old g- Testament. In the Old Testament, yeah. yeah. We're going to break camp. It was also an engagement of war. It also meant, hey, here's the here's the trumpet. We're going to gather together. We're going to assemble hmm. together. So that's what the, the the trumpets meant. And the shofar was was different because that was made out of a ram's horn and that was blown on specific occasions. But the trumpet had no idea when it was going to be blown. So you're saying there's a differentiation between shofar and trumpet? Well, yes. Yeah. One's the ram's horn, and, and one was made out of metal. Interesting. Uh, in Numbers 10, Numbers chapter 10, the Lord tells Moses to make two trumpets and make them out of silver. 
He was very specific about that, make them out of silver, mm. which I did a little bit of research and discovered that, that silver actually means um, redeemed, purchased, ransomed. Wow. Which, which makes sense. Nothing by accident in Scripture. Right, right. So in, in Numbers 10.5, we learned that it was the camps to the east that would set out first. They'd hear the trumpets. They'd say, okay, we're going to set out. And the camps to the east would set out because there has to be some sort of pattern. Otherwise, there's chaos. And I heard a pastor say this, which I find incredible. And Darren, you could back me up because you've actually been to Jerusalem. But he said, what is to the east of Jerusalem? Yeah, a cemetery. A cemetery. And in 1 Thessalonians 4, we read about the, the loud cry of Jesus. We hear about the voice of the archangel, the blow of the, the trumpet. And we're told the dead in Christ will rise first. And to the east of Jerusalem is a cemetery, and they're the first to set out. Who's the first to set out? The dead in Christ. And it's interesting that um, while we were there, Catherine our, uh, van der Beek, our guide, told us that the, uh, the Jewish people that are in that cemetery uh, are, the, especially the, the really traditional Jews, have chosen to be born with their feet facing the city. So they believe, of course, that they would rise as well with their Messiah in their Jewish faith, but they believe that, and that their feet are there because they believe it's so literally that they want their feet facing so they can get there faster to the city gates. <laughs> and you can look at it and see, like down the hill, it's everybody's facing the same way. That's interesting. You know, from the east to the west. Wow. So when, when those who are in Christ, those who are truly in Christ, when they hear that trumpet sound, they know it's, it's time to leave it's time to leave earth. So John hears this voice like a trumpet, and he's immediately in the spirit. He's in the throne room in heaven. And uh, that time's coming. We're going to hear that trumpet blast, and we're all going to be caught up together. And again, there's that assembling together. That, that trumpet would call people to assemble together. But this is where I really wanted to point out today, because I think it's poignant. In Numbers 10, we read that it was the sons of Aaron who blew the trumpets. It was the spiritual leaders. They were the ones who blew the trumpets and told people, it's time to get ready. We're, head cool. we're heading out. Yeah. And I feel that is what Conduit is doing, Darren. I feel that's what you're doing, is that you are sensing something in the world. Like Jesus said, Jesus told us to keep watch. I feel like you are keeping watch, hmm. and you're blowing that trumpet. You are telling people, all right, guys, it's time to get ready. We got to get our stuff together because <laughs> we're about to move on. We are about to head out. And I got a call uh, last week, Darren, from our mutual friend Jonathan Weibel in Pennsylvania, yeah. who is also sensing and he's keeping watch. Hmm. And he called me and he said, I, I want to teach Revelation beyond the letters to the seven churches. Hmm. So I feel like there's many more spiritual leaders who are going to start blowing that trumpet. I, I agree, and I know that there are men and women both out there who God has uh, been placing it on their hearts. I can remember, I mean, literally in Israel while we were uh, on our tour in March and February, uh, our guide was, you could just sense it all over her. This was pre, like, COVID, like. I was still singing. I was walking around singing my Corona. Like I, it was, it wasn't serious to me at all. Like my mm -hmm. Corona. Mm -hmm. And but she, we would just be in a place, and you just see something in her eyes. She's like, I've never seen this before. This is new. This mm -hmm. is unusual. This mm -hmm. is, and you could just sense it in her. Uh, I, I was sensing something. I wasn't sure, but of course. Um, and this is far beyond the fact that there's just a, a pandemic. Like, that's a big deal. But there's more than that happening right now. There's a shift in our culture. Um, there's a shift in our conversation as far as politics. And this is not just local, it's global. And when you consider the moving parts everywhere from China to Iran to Russia and Turkey, something's up in the world itself. Mm hmm and for us as believers in Christ, what I love about it, the idea, because I've heard this a lot, by the way, uh, people will say, because uh, the temptation is to make fun of the dude back from 1988, 88 reasons why, and he got yeah, it wrong, and then sure. he, went, oh, yeah, he did the math wrong or whatever, then it was 89 reasons. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> right. 
and so it's easy to make fun of a guy like that, and maybe he's earned it, but uh, Jesus said we wouldn't know the day or the hour, but he did say we would know the season. So it's mm-hmm. not wrong to think, okay, this season is changing. The leaves are changing. Mm-hmm. He, Paul told the church at Thessalonica, uh, Thessalonica that uh, you um, this day is going to come like a thief in the night to the children of darkness, but you are not children of darkness. You are children of light, so it will not come to you mm-hmm. like a thief in the night. You're going to know that something's up. We don't know the day or the hour. 100% we don't. But we know when the seasons are changing. Right. And Jesus says, not only keep watch, but be aware. Yes. Be aware of, of what's happening. Just last week, I was in Ohio visiting my mom, and we were sitting there watching some sort of news program talking about kids going back to school, and they were talking about the safety of kids, the the peace of mind for the parents, and the, the peace for the children as they go back. And then it cut to commercials, and the very first commercial said, our, your safety is our number one priority. Mm-hmm. Then another commercial talked about, um, we take your safety very seriously. And it just dawned on me within that 10 or 15 minute span how many times did i hear the words peace and safety mm-hmm. and we're told that in the bible when people are saying peace and safety sudden destruction yeah first thessalonians 5 3. yeah peace and safety and think about how many times you hear it throughout the day and how many times you read it you hear those words peace and safety and security yeah, I, we were at a conference in um, just about a month ago, and Mike Rowe was speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, who I, I just I, I love that dude. I don't know that he's a believer. I just, but one of the things that he was harping on was that one of his initiatives early on was that safety first is a crock. Uh, that we are doing a lot of things in the name of safety that are actually ruining people's lives. And mm-hmm. so his thing was safety third. Like that's mm-hmm. what his shtick has been. But everything we're hearing right now is about your safety. Uh, your safety, your mm-hmm. safety, and, and it's like, um, you know, the, the truth is, is that some of this is so overkill because it's the fact of the matter is, is you can hold your head under water and be safe from the coronavirus, okay? But that doesn't mean it's a strategy. That just mm-hmm. it, it, just because it works doesn't mean we should do it. And that has been the, the midnight cry here, right? Peace and safety. Mm-hmm. Um, Mo, like with you, like with your kids, you got a kid headed into college, mm-hmm. like I don't know, next week. Friday, are, Friday, Friday for Gracie. Yeah, she weeks, leaves yeah. Friday. What are you guys hearing from the universities right now with them? I mean, he's going to Middle Tennessee State, and uh, yeah, they're 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 still moving forward. Although, you know, they're they're changing kind of classes not to be um, necessarily required in person. So they've they've done half online, half in person, and those classes that are in person, the teacher has the ability to make those online. Uh, any given day if they choose. And so just mm-hmm. a lot of flexibility. And um, honestly, you know, my son, Gabe, he is re- he's really excited because, <laughs> you know, it was his senior year in the spring, right? He didn't get a graduation, traditional. He didn't get prom. He didn't get the normal spring sports. Like everything was kind of stripped away. And it's just kind of been this this lull of just waiting for this next, this next season of life. And right. so honestly for him as a freshman in college, He's waiting for just this next season for it to, to start, you know, so we can kind of have a new chapter, mm. even though it's going to look different. But, um, but yeah, it's time time to move forward. Yeah. Well, speaking of moving forward, in Revelation 5, like we spent some time there last week. We spent some time on Sunday. I have been so intrigued by what this means in our moving forward, like the scroll because it says in verse one that I saw, so he's in heaven. The trumpet has sounded. He's come up there. Uh, there's singing. There's all this stuff going on. The four living creatures. But then I saw. He says in verse one in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And Donna. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I talked about it a little bit on Sunday, but like, what what do you look at that scroll and believe that that scroll represents? Well, I believe w- what you said on Sunday that is the the deed to the earth, because Adam gave over the earth in 
Eden. He gave it over to Satan. And so Jesus has now stood up and he's taken this scroll from the Father because the earth is about to be under new management, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I mean, the new management is coming <laughs> to town. Uh Thanks to Jesus, uh, because he's the lamb that was slain, and he's the only one worthy. And just to think about John, in and I loved, I think you brought it up on, on Sunday, Darren, that John didn't notice him. Yeah. He didn't, no, he didn't notice him there. And it made me think, how often do we not notice or recognize the lamb in our own busyness, in the noise of the world, in the noise of covid are we not recognizing the Lamb? Yeah. Are we not seeing Him? Yeah, that struck me a lot when I was reading it because it doesn't say that He just like mysteriously appeared. Mm-hmm. It's, the language indicates that He'd been there the whole time. And I was convicted personally of like, okay, I can be in the middle of all this and I'm looking for the lion and I'm looking for the lightning mm-hmm. and the thunder, but what I need to be looking for is the, the Lamb that was slain. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, and that's part of the language for that, I think, is he, uh, I think it's verse 8 or 9, where he purchased us with his blood, which is, uh, interestingly enough, language that is kind of uh, controversial right now in some circles. Uh, guys like Rob Bell, uh, Richard Rohr, hmm. Brian McLaren would say that Jesus didn't die for our sins. Uh, that he died to be a good example. That he, but but like literally right here, it says that he purchased us with his blood. Mm-hmm. And, and even that, even more than that, even more than a purchase, like the ransom. Right. Like I yeah. think there's there's something mm-hmm. there more than just a just to going to a store and making a purchase. You're right. It's, a ransom uh, indicates that there was uh, that we were all hostages under someone else that we needed to be. Redeemed or paid for and brought back, like you said, under yeah. new management. Which, when you go back to that scroll language, that's what it's really referring to. That Adam had signed over the mm-hmm. earth, us in the earth had been signed over to uh, to Satan, to one third of the heavenly host. Like the, you know, there is no indication that the demons are taking a day off or a holiday. Like they're still here. Mm-hmm. And so the death and the destruction and the sorrow and the war, all just a result of what it would look like to have uh, Satan control Mm -hmm. this place. And might I add, for those that are questioning whether they should follow Christ, right, the king on the throne, let's look at a good 7,000 years of human history and see how well that has gone for us, including where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, because in our culture, but globally as well, there's a whole lot of people that would want to reject Christ on the throne. You know, my kingdom come, my will be done. Mm-hmm. And, and and to that end, like when I think through that, like the, these seals on this title deed, so to speak, whether it's a literal one, figurative, I'm probably figurative, but the principle is there that it has to be paid for. And God is an honorable God. God has committed that he would redeem us from out of mankind. God certainly had the power to snuff it all out and start over. But out of his own heart of love, for God so loved the world that he would not take the shortcut to do that. He loved you so much that he doesn't just snap his fingers and make this all go away. Loves you so much that he would become man, become Jesus, right? Walk 100% man, 100% God and would become the lamb that would pay the ransom. The, the idea coming out of Exodus, right? The, the first time that idea that, uh, that I'm aware of was, was brought up over the Passover, that mm. anyone who was inside the home, when there was the blood of the lamb on the door, that night in Israel and all of Egypt, there was either going to be a dead lamb or a dead son. Mm. And if we would choose to allow that to be on the th- on our doorpost, so to speak, that we would be saved. And part of what we're saved from is what's coming, by the way, Revelation 6. Right. I mean, the idea of being saved, it sounds great, but that means you're being saved from something, Mm. right? Being saved doesn't mean you're just getting picked like in a game for tag, right? Or Mm. hide and seek, you're it. Like we're actually being saved from something. Right. And you bring up the lamb 
Darren, and you brought up the Passover lamb. And when you look up uh, the word lamb here in Revelation chapter 5, it actually means a little lamb is what it means. So God has set forth this little lamb, and we're going to meet the great dragon later in Revelation. We're going to meet the beast from the earth and the beast from the sea, the Antichrist and the false prophet. He has set forth a little lamb (laughs) against a dragon and these beasts to redeem the world, to redeem earth. As somebody who raised lambs, okay, I had a little season of my life where uh, much to my wife's disappointment, we bought a farm and I had sheep and lambs. And the thing about lambs is there, of all of the creatures of the, that are baby, I mean, you know, ba- every, like it's Muppet babies. Every baby's a cute one, whatever. But, <laughs> but man, there's just something about a little lamb that they're just adorable and harmless and pure and trusting. And it's an interesting imagery of who Jesus chose to be mm-hmm. the the lamb not just a lamb a spotless lamb a perfect lamb and from that innocence i mean they really are we bet we would bottle feed them i mean if tony and lynn are, are listening to this right now i mean they they will bottle feed their little goats and you know it's just they're just amazing little you know creatures but mm-hmm. that's the imagery that he chooses which speaks of the innocence and the perfection of who Jesus became on earth, and it was that that would need to be uh, slaughtered on our behalf mm-hmm. to pay for the wages of our sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to think of myself as the lamb. I'm I'm a nice guy. I'm one of the nicest guys I know. Uh, I like to judge myself on my intentions and not my actual behaviors <laughs> and judge everybody else on their behaviors and not their intentions. That's some of you guys do that, but... But the fact is, is that all have sinned, mm-hmm. all have fallen short of the glory of God. And we're going to get there at some point in here, this great white throne judgment, because this throne that he is sitting on, if I choose to reject him, reject the work that he has done, then I I can. And what rejecting him means, then I'm going to stand before him to be judged based on my work and my effort. And he will see it all. There is nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. Every sin that I did that is implication, Every there is no such thing as a victimless sin. Every lie that I told and the heart that it broke and the, the mess that it made and the damage that I've done to my children, all, all of that stands before him. And the only way to not stand in that way would be to stand in the work that Jesus did by buying me, paying my ransom mm. uh, to set us free like God is when when they think when people talk about God as cruel and mean and I, I, just, I don't understand that because the God of the universe says hey I, first of all I'm the God of the universe so I can do this however I want to but I'm going to do this in a very fair and just and merciful way and I'm actually going to save you and me rejecting that doesn't make God mean it just makes me rebellious or an idiot mm-hmm. one of the two. And he's offered this to all of us. He, his, his, his desire that all of us would receive mm. this. And you know, when, um, when John sees that scroll, because he was a Jew in the first century, he would have known exactly what that scroll yeah. meant. He knew that there, someone was worthy to open it. Yeah. You had to be the worthy one. To, you had to be the rightful heir. Right. So to talk open about it. that for a minute. Because you're right. If someone flops down a mortgage, so I'm getting ready to do a refinance on my house because the interest rates have like fallen to like no percent or whatever. Uh, I, I've done a mortgage payment. If someone plops a mortgage document down, I actually know what that looks like. I've been there. John would have known this in the same way we knew right. that. So, t- like, when you think about that, Donna, like, what does that mean? John sees that, mm-hmm. he knows what it means. Right. And, and, and like, what do you think? Like, where does this land with his heart when he sees this kind of language? Sure, he he knows it has to be the rightful heir to open it, and so the question is asked: Well, who's who's worthy to open it? And then there's that pause yeah. in heaven because no one steps forward to do it, and then that's when it says that he begins to weep. Yeah. And I loved how you said on Sunday because he knew if no one steps forward. 
it's more more of this. Yeah, this more, will never end. This is not going to end. It's going to be, you know, infinity, this, yeah. what we're looking at. And the actual word there means that he, he was uh, weeping convulsively. He was weeping yeah. so much. He was so distraught over this. But I love that next verse because it says one of the 24 elders came forth and said, Behold. Ooh, yeah. Behold. Ooh. Yeah. He says, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And Chuck Missler pointed out that in the first three chapters of Revelation, the, the titles of Jesus, there are 24 of them, and they're all church-related. They're all church titles. Huh. Gotta love Missler. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah. But then here, right here in this verse, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, Israel emerges. Oh, so, again, it points out the church is in heaven. He's used all these 24 church titles that we would have understood. Now he's using language that the Jews would understand, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of Jesse. And I, you can't even imagine what those words meant to John. Yeah. Because they were looking, the Jews were looking for that Lion of the tribe of Judah. Yeah. So I, it's you can't even put yourself in his shoes to imagine what those words meant to him. Yeah, and to us, to, to know that, behold, right, mm-hmm. the lion of the tribe of Judah, behold the lamb that was slain, behold, you know, there's this idea even in that of a very purposeful look at what is happening uh, in, in focusing in on the the real truth, and as I was thinking this week, even I was texting with Jason a little bit about our worship on Sunday, and I was mm-hmm. like, you know, what's happening right now is we've got teachers who are uh, stressed out of their minds right now uh, because they, they've never done this before. They've got parents sending terrible, mean emails. You know, get this right. Like it's their fault or mm-hmm. something. You've got students. I mean, my son upstairs, we're recording this right now. My son has been sitting up in front of a computer screen for going on seven hours right Ugh. now because that's school for him. Like our entire life, we're trying to get him off of screens. And now that's where mm-hmm. school is. I, I'm looking at that. I'm stressed about that. Mm-hmm. He's stressed about that. You know, we, we, in our businesses and our things. And mm-hmm. it's like, I, I, uh, it, I don't have to behold to look at the stress of, of Darren's life. Mm-hmm. I'm doing that naturally. Behold, to me, denotes a blocking all of that out and beholding what is right and true and real. And Jesus, again, we said it, is right in the middle of this the whole time. Uh, All that stuff that John was seeing on heaven and on earth, Jesus was there. And for us, man, that has got to be like a daily dose for us. Mm -hmm. A daily beholding. Yeah, Mm -hmm. a behold. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Behold. Mm the lion of the tribe of Judah, behold that there is a lamb that was slain. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to, just like you guys that are listening, we're making decisions with our our job, so to speak. I mean, Mo and I probably, I I don't even know, I probably lost track, hours, hours and hours making decisions of what is right and what isn't. Oh, yeah. It's the same way for business owners. Yeah. Yeah, because we're business owners, and it's the exact same way. It's constant hours. (laughs) So. It doesn't say we ignore the rest of it. It just behold the center of it. Mm-hmm. And so there's a focus in that that I feel like is important that if we really believe this, then what are the implications of it? Mm-hmm. And to believe that he is there, and you said he's standing on the throne? Well, that's that's in the next, the next verses, is yeah. that John sees him standing amidst the thrones and i was i was saying to you earlier that it's interesting how you can read the same passages over and over for many many years and then one time you read it and you go oh i never saw that before and that happened to me several years ago as i was reading those verses and it says he saw him standing amidst the throne and from the time that we're just little bitty where do we learn where jesus is in heaven yes seated at the right hand of the mm-hmm. Father. He's seated, making intercession for us. Yeah. And now he is standing. standing. Yeah, that's verse six. It's like the inter- his intercession is now done. That is 
that is finished for the church. He no longer has to make intercession. So he gets up from that seated position, and now he's standing, and he takes that scroll yeah. from his father. And, and I like that it's the lamb that was standing. Mm-hmm. In verse 6, uh, it says, In between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say a lion standing. Right. Um it it's this little lamb, lamb this yes, little lamb that's going to come up against this great dragon. Yeah, which which shows what he's leading with to right. me. He's leading with compassion. He's leading with mm-hmm. humility. Mm-hmm. Leading with um, this redemption mm-hmm. um, and grace, gentleness, grace, gentleness. Yeah. All of those Mercy, things that you would associate still. with a little lamb. Mm-hmm. And he's not. It doesn't say lion, which could have, but in that instance, in this in this part of. The scripture in this part of Revelation, it says he saw a lamb standing. Mm-hmm. I just with, think there's something behind that. With seven eyes, seven horns, and the sevenfold spirits of God. Seven, 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 mm-hmm. which is the number of perfection. Right. And, completeness. Right, completeness. And we learn later in Revelation, the number of man is 666. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all, there he is in perfection. Almost God. But not mm-hmm. like almost. Mm-hmm. But it's like the story of our lives is we almost, but we're not, and that's what the seven is—is is the completion of what is missing in mm-hmm. us. So he takes the scroll, standing. By the way, the only other time I think in the New Testament when you see Jesus standing mm-hmm. was when uh, Stephen yes. martyred. Standing. Yes, which is such a beautiful picture, right? That Jesus is standing for him. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. And it makes me wonder now, like in this, this, this is him standing for us, mm-hmm. right? He's standing because he's coming. Uh, the work of redemption was done, and now the work of the seals is about to begin. Right. Um, it says in verse 7 that he went and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures, the 24 elders, fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and were holding golden bowls full of incense which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll. And the, what I was wanting to pull out of that to sh- is that he's worthy, not because he's impossibly good looking. He wasn't worthy because he was uh, wise and he was all those things, right? He was wise and said that he taught like no one else. He, you know, he was strong. He was courageous, he, all those things. But the reason that he was worthy was because he was slain. Mm. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. And that gives me so much hope because mm. this is a big world, billions of people, and he loves them all. I, I believe there are only two kinds of people on this planet. There are those who are saved and there are those who he wants to save. Those are it. And he's not going to force it. He's not going to, you know, but but for those that would receive him, you don't have to be American for that. You don't have to be Jewish. You don't have to be white. You, you just have to be a human that has received that finished mm-hmm. work. And I am ecstatic about the idea of what that would look like one day around a throne with every nation and tribe and tongue. Like that's you talk about how, like, when people talk about racism in Christianity, I don't even understand it. Right. Because it's, from a Christian perspective, it's completely anathema to everything Jesus did and said. Um, I understand how the demonic gets in that, but what I know is that in our Bible, that you have to torture it to ever get to a place for a, a racism to be a part of it. Um, and you know, if I don't know if we have time to talk about it today, sure. But that reminds me of the sevenfold spirits of God, hmm. because you you mentioned how can anyone claim to be a Christian, right? And be racist at, at the same time. But those sevenfold spirits of God are taken from Isaiah eleven, where it says, "The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding." spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And if we are truly in Christ, then we have the Holy Spirit with us. When it says that John was in the spirit, Hmm. he possessed all of these 
attributes of the Holy Spirit. Um, and I was talking to friends recently, and we kind of got down this rabbit trail as well. But if someone claims to be a Christian, but they don't possess these attributes, hmm. the fear of the Lord, for for one, is that person truly in Christ? That's a legitimate question. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's when you go to John 15 and 16 and cross-reference everything that Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do, counsel you, teach you, bring you wisdom, like... It really fits pretty neatly into what the seven spirits that is elements mm-hmm. of the spirit of God are there, but yeah, the transformed life of a Christian, and I understand like how fruit works. Like it takes a while, sure, right? You know, in all of us, but uh, but well, I'll tell you this: what, what did Fouad say last week? The primary thing that showed him, proved to him that I am a Christian now. Was he said, I started praying for Jews and for Palestinians. Yes, I remember him saying that. Yeah, a, a Lebanese yes. man, you know, Arabic background. He's saying, but, but now that I love Palestinians and I love Jews, I knew that something had changed inside of me. And you're right, the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us does change that stuff mm-hmm. from us. And and when you see somebody who is exhibiting the last, they can put Jesus on their bumper sticker, man, but that is not in their heart. That is right. completely different from where... They are, and that is whether you're on the left side of the spectrum or the right. There is none of that in Christ. It's mm-hmm. only that seven-fold uh, wisdom of God. That's really good. I'm glad you'd bring that out, actually. Um, right, because you see so much on social media right now, and Jesus' first words to his apostles when they ask him about the signs of his coming, his first words were, do not be deceived. And it just seems like there's so much out there from people, spiritual leaders, who do claim to be in Christ. But when you look at this, these sevenfold spirits of God, do they truly possess them? Wow, yeah. Are they really in Christ? Well, I was talking to a friend. She was telling me about her niece, things that her niece is doing. She's teaching Jesus, but says that she does not believe in the resurrection. Mm. But she's online all the time teaching, you know, quote, unquote. The, the, the being deceived thing, which, by the way, that was, a, I mean, the Holy Spirit said, prophesied that it would happen, a great a falling away, mm-hmm. a great apostasy. But that be not deceived, you're right, Jesus said that a lot. Mm-hmm. And in our modern context, it's easier to be deceived than ever because information is flying at us at like untold. Un, I mean, I don't know how much information we consume in a day versus how we used to, but it's a lot. Right. And it can feel overwhelming in that way. But if we can go back to the Word of God and go back to, like, that's one of the best safeguards against that kind of deception is just the Word. Just go to, what is this Bible saying to me? What is Jesus specifically saying to me? Most times the deceptions I've heard of, I'll read something and then you read the words of Jesus and think, that's actually not a, that is 100% not what he said. Right. That's another Jesus. Yeah. I don't know who that is, but that's, <laughs> that's not the one. In right. this, in this that's part. what Paul called another Jesus, yeah. <laughs> a different spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, in these final few minutes here, he, he, he's told, weep not, the line of the tribe of Judah. And I think um, being sad is not a sin. Even, I might add, grieving what we thought was going to be it. There's some moms right now that thought, I'm sending my kid to school this year. Mm-hmm. They're grieving the loss of that. Uh, I'm, I'm grieving the loss of like what I thought was the way. I had this big plan for this year. We were going to, you know, it was all planned out. It was mm-hmm. going to be... And none of that is happening. So, but, but there's a moment in grief, right, where sorrow tarries for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And I guess the question for us as believers is, if I believe that the lamb is on the throne, the lamb that was slain, that's important because he was the worthy one, not, not some other Jesus, but that Jesus. At what point do we shake the dust off of our feet, uh, get our armor on, and go be who he created us to be for this time. We're not going to be popular necessarily. 
I'm just ha- I'm just gonna have to admit that that's a, maybe was one of my idols was being liked and have to say that okay, you know, am I going to be or are we going to be the first Christians in history to actually be popular in the culture? We've had that for a while here in America, but mm-hmm. with that is the exception and not the rule. Uh, are we willing to stand up and say, uh, weep not the lamb that was slain before the throne? And that means whether the business is going haywire, the, the homeschooling thing wasn't what I wanted, my kid is sitting in front of a computer for seven hours, I can't get to Uganda, I want to go, but weep not because the lamb has triumphed. And do I believe that? And that's a question that I'm really having to uh, ask myself because the, the thing about God is that you can't really lie to him because he kind of knows like oh I'm totally fine with that God I'm totally fine but actually becoming fine with it because of allowing the word of God to be fine with it in our hearts and I as I th- just read the end of this chapter I guess I take hope that 11 verse 11 then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousands times ten thousand they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor, glory, praise. Could our eyes be open like Elisha to say that there is more with us than against us? Uh, it seems like there's a lot against us right now. I know that mm. there are churches in California uh, being sued by mm. their counties. There are Pastors that might be arrested and taken to jail, and they're even being persecuted by their own fellow believers who are mocking them, saying they're not making good decisions. Mm. And are we willing to believe that there are more with us than against us? And I would say for us at Conduit, as for me and my house, uh, we will serve the Lord. I mean, this is... uh, if, if this is the way it is, and it is, to stand before Jesus and say that I folded like a napkin, mm-hmm. I know he'd still love me. Like, I know that. But I want to go there with a crown that I could lay at his feet. Mm-hmm. And if that crown is a crown of, you know, and people, I mean, there was a guy online yesterday, oh, you're not being persecuted, you're not being persecuted if you're, you know, if you're just because your church can't meet. And even that was like, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there is a marginalization. There is a specific, you can do this, but this group can't because they're Christians. Whatever you want to call that, that is something. But I want to live in such a way that I didn't fold like a napkin at the first sign of somebody being mad, at the first tweet that someone sent about me. Uh, And the way that that's going to happen, I guess going back to the way we started, is not out of anger, right? Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit says the Lord, and it just has to mean that we're going to spend time in His presence. We're going to spend time in His Word, putting into our spirits and our souls the food that will feed us and empower us. You know, this article that came out last week that uh, Christians, uh, the the latest research is that Christians uh, specifically have spent infinitely more time binging Netflix than we have done in the Word of God in these past few months. Mm That is not a thing of shame. I know people were scared and they're, but man, at what point are you going to put your big boy pants on and say, mm-hmm. this is not going over anytime soon. Am I going to be the one spending the next five months binging Netflix? Or am I going to be the one now to engage with the spirit, to get on the full armor of God, to get the word of God, the sword of the spirit out and to go to battle against this, the, the powers, the principalities of darkness? Because if Jesus is coming, and I believe that he is. Mm-hmm. I just want to be found, like working on his behalf, right? Mm-hmm. To be found. So, Donna, any last minute thoughts for from where you are for us as we leave here today? I was reading Martin Lloyd Jones yesterday and just read this, and it just really struck me because it brought me again to that throne room. And he said, There is far too much easy familiarity with the Most High. And he goes on to say that when we are in God's presence, the one thing that stands out is the holy nature of God and our own sin. Hmm. He says we must humble ourselves and with reverence adore Him. And I just feel that's what John did 
he was in the presence of the Most High, and there was no easy familiarity. There was no, hey, this is my buddy. This is this is part of my posse. There was none of that. He fell on his face as he, though dead, he said. Yes, he fell on his face. And then when this worship scene breaks out in Revelation 5 with the 24 elders, with the four living creatures and all the angels, it, it was holy, holy, holy. They knew whose presence they were in. They were in the presence of the one who was worthy. Mm, wow, 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 wow. Mo, what about you? Yeah, I would just encourage. I would encourage you to encourage someone else. Uh, that's mm-hmm. something that I've learned. Um, someone uh, much wiser than me once told me once: if if you need love, give love. If you need grace, give grace. If you need forgiveness, show forgiveness. And right now, if you need encouragement, I would encourage you to go encourage someone. They probably need it right now mm-hmm. in this time. Um, if the Lord puts someone on your heart. Shoot them a text. Give them a call. Um, put something in the mail to them. I just feel like it, it would be it would be wise for us to just listen to the Spirit. As the Lord's putting people on your mind, on your heart, it's probably for a reason. And um, all of us, we truly need each other right now. Yeah, that's the truth. I mean, if there's anything that, especially in the church world, fellow believers, you know, God put somebody on your heart, there's probably a reason for that. Mm-hmm. You know, trust your spirit. My wife had reached out to somebody two days ago and it's a long story but it was like the moment that that the person got the text it was like perfect they hadn't talked in two years and the moment was perfect and so they ended up having a two-hour conversation Mm -hmm. and it was just shanna just literally listening to a prompting of somebody that god put on her heart Mm -hmm. and i guess you know for my final thought you know it would be a little bit of what i just said but you know when he said weep not he didn't say weep not behold here's a great plan and a great strategy uh, for taking back Congress and the Supreme Court. He didn't mm-hmm. say, weep not, because, hey, here's a great way to win your House of Congress back, or weep not, because now I have this plan to defeat this. It wasn't a plan, it was a man. But weep not, It's, it's it, he didn't give us a plan, he didn't give us a manual, he gave us Emmanuel, Christ with us. And I think that that's because every plan that we have here on earth, this side of heaven, will be imperfect. It will not be, uh, there'll be unintended consequences. We're seeing it right now with the way this virus has been handled, that they're mitigating a virus and killing tens of millions of people of starvation and diphtheria and measles. The plan isn't that a great of a plan, but he didn't offer a plan. He offered a man. And that's the, 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 the lion of the tribe of Judah, the lamb that was slain. Keeping that presence in our life just feels like of, of, uh, of everything that we can do to keep him the center of what we're doing. Uh, is is literally our uh, it's our salvation. I mean, it's literally our salvation right now. And I'm grateful for my brothers and sisters in places like Southeast Asia and Haiti because, like, I say that to them, and they're like, "Well, duh!" Like, that's, <laughs> <laughs> like that's big revelation to you. Uh, but for us, God stripping away some of these things has been a gift because it has allowed us to remember. Okay, all this other stuff was just a dog and pony show, and it was always going to go away. But Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm. And I, oh man, I hope I'm right that He's coming back soon. Uh, maybe Mo before the building program is done. Well, wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't it? Would it be? No, let me ask. Would you be happy about that? Or sad? I would be so happy. Would you? <laughs> The ultimate building program, man. Like That's right. Streets upgrade. of gold. <laughs> yeah, like, guys, we were going to build a new facility and a new sanctuary. Wait till you check out this other one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you talk about your new audio visual. So uh, I pray that that's soon. I, I, uh, I thank you guys who have continued to help us free our... That we are on the family 17 in Southeast Asia that we have freed this week. Mm. We're, we just have seven more families by this time next week. Hopefully wow. there will be 25 families that have been freed. These are Jesus people. These are Christian families. Uh, thank you for that. Um, Mo, how could they find out more information about the church and how to stay in touch with us? Absolutely. Check out our website, conduitchurch.com. All the information you could want to know about Conduit is there. It links to the things that we're doing on mission. All of our socials are there, our podcasts. Um, some of our notes for our podcast will be showing up there even this week. Um, and so, yeah, conduitchurch.com. I appreciate it. And thank you guys for listening. If you are in the Nashville area, uh, I would love for you to visit us on Sunday. 
some of you maybe you're starting to feel a little more less risk about it and and I might add by the way that you know people go to church in Iran it's it's actually riskier for them to go to church there than it is here and mm-hmm. they still go um, I don't say that in any sort of judgment way I'm just saying that you know going to church is not exactly safe in most parts of the world so if you're afraid of the safety part uh, that's you know just encourage you to consider that and prayerfully consider that uh, we are if you are not in a place yet where you're comfortable being there there's no judgment for you we love you and we will be live streaming at 10 a.m at conduitchurch.com we hope that you will join us there and i hope that you will take these words from today and every day out from here and literally be proactively spending time Every day in the Word, look at your Spotify playlist, look at your Netflix watch list, and see what am I feeding myself at this point. Don't self-inflict more guilt and shame and fear into your life. Literally fill yourself up with the Word of God, with the, the worship and the power, and just see. Just give it a week and tell me if it changes your life this week. Um, I, I believe that it will. So, hey, come back. Uh, share this, by the way. We, we've been asking you guys, if you're listening, to to uh, uh, put the re- reviews on this because it does help us to get it found by more people. Um, share it with your friends because we think that these messages are worth other people hearing. And we appreciate it. And we hope that you will listen again next week. So thanks.